And here we are, another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast. I'm Jason Ross. Glad to be back for another week, not just capping off the season, but continuing the Sacramento State football season. The playoffs round one started a week ago, and the Hornets advanced. Another trip back to the Dakotas. We will preview their matchup for Saturday with three-seed South Dakota coming up. Their voice, John Thayer, will join us today on the podcast. But we got to look back at really one of the better performances this season for Sacramento State. For those of you that uh, checked in on the game on radio or watched it on television or even a major trip out there, obviously you saw some circumstances that were going to be difficult for Sacramento State. The back end of the defense, very injured going into the game, not traveling on the trip. Two-year starter, Caleb Nelson, who was going back to North Dakota. Cameron Broussard, an all-conference performer, injured as well. You had Kylan Ross, the leader in interceptions on the team, not playing, injured as well. So three of the injured Hornets didn't play. Some of their backups, too. Lamont Johnson Burrell, first backup at the corner position, wasn't available. And Cameron Rocha. So five players from the secondary, either safety or corners, out of the game Next man up philosophy, to say the least, for Sacramento State. But as you know by now, they found a way to win and defeat North Dakota in North Dakota, a place where they just don't lose. In uh, Since that building has been open, the Alaris Center, uh, the Hornets have given them three of their losses, and they've just been absolutely dominant in that building. So impressive, but let's listen back to how it all played out for Sacramento State. Hornets, before the game, talked to Coach Andy Thompson. He said it was going to be really important to – Start fast, something they didn't do certainly on the causeway. Well, they won the opening toss, elected to receive, took the ball, and the offensive juggernaut started on the first possession. And it started with Caden Bennett, who got the start, played brilliantly, and uh, was able to pass the ball well, but also scramble. Here's one of his early scrambles for 25 yards. Ball on the left hash mark where it's snapped from the gun. It's Caden Bennett. Bennett, three-step drop with time, has room to run. Caden on the move. He's out to the 30, 25-20, still on his feet, 15. Scoots down the sideline inside the red zone to the 13-yard oh, line. Oh, wow. Wow. What a start. All right, to cap off that opening drive, Bennett would punch it in. Bennett will keep Bennett up the middle. Bennett powers in. Touchdown, Sacramento State. What a start for the Hornets. If I'm dreaming, do not wake me. Wow, four minutes and five seconds, just chunk play after chunk play. Steve, that was impressive. Every play worked. Yep. Every play worked well. That was incredible. So after 7-0, North Dakota's first possession. Unfortunately for the Hornets, North Dakota would score very quickly as well, so it was 7-7. But in the next possession, Bennett, those legs, they were working well. Here's another long scramble. We're tied at 7 here, still early first quarter. In playoff game number one of the FCS playoffs, 24 in. Winner gets South Dakota. Pressure coming. Bennett can run with it. Bennett's going to get the first down. Bennett's going to look for a little bit more and a lot more across the 50. Bennett to the 40. Bennett with blockers all the way down the North Dakota uh, sideline to the 37. Uh, if you're playing against Bennett, the thing you got to realize is he's not a quarterback that's looking to get the first down and then slide. He's looking to go all the way because when he ran up the middle, he picked up a block from Fulcher. The defense thought he was going to give up, and then he just accelerated to the right rather than sliding. Second possession, second score. Bennett to Grover, another touchdown for the Hornets. Back to throw towards the end zone. Caught! Touchdown, Hornets! 
It's Anderson Grover into the end zone, and the Hornets two for two on scoring drives. Bennett had two men blitzing from his backside and felt the pressure and released the ball, willing to take the hit and led the receiver just enough. Man, that was beautiful. All right, after a stop, as we're in the second quarter, the offense got the ball back, third possession, and Sacramento State moved the ball very, very well. Got near the goal line, and they go to the tight end run. Coleman Kuntz puts the Hornets up two scores. Same formation. Do they follow the left side of Garza, Slater, and Mejia? Under center, it's Bennett. Bennett to Kuntz. Powers. He's in. Touchdown, Sacramento State. Third of the game, third of the season for Kuntz, and the Hornets stretch the lead to 20-7. to Oh, my. Coleman Kuntz is a tight end. He does have 18 receptions on the year, but now he gets his third touchdown rushing. What is going on? Unbelievable. We are waiting for the Hornets to really have a breakthrough. They haven't been playing great football for a while, but this first 15-plus minutes has been stellar. Another score by North Dakota after that at 21-7, making it 21-14. But Sacramento State wouldn't stop in that first half, and more magic from Caden Bennett. Drive continues. Clock runs under five and a half to go. Marshall Martin slides in motion. Bennett, a design keeper, running to his right. Looks for a cutback lane. This is a good decision. Caden Bennett in open field. He's to the 40. Bennett is tripped up from behind at the 35-yard line. Caden Bennett, have yourself a first half. To close out their four-for-four first-half scoring drives down near the goal line, the Hornets call on Coleman Kuntz one more time. All right, Coleman Kuntz has a rushing touchdown. He's in the backfield again right behind Caden Bennett. Fulcher slides in motion. It's Kuntz. Kuntz up the middle. He I went thought low. he got it. I think he's in. We I don't know why signal. they don't call him. And he's way. He went all he's the way in. through. There he goes. Touchdown. That he, was delayed. I know. He made it all the way through everyone, and he belly crawled all the way to the back official. Now, granted, he was down then, but I could see with the binoculars that he made it. So here's another swing potential part of the game. It's 28-14 after that Kuntz rushing touchdown, but North Dakota would have the ball right before half and get the ball to start the second half. So you're thinking, can they score – in two straight possessions without the Hornets even touching the ball. Well, uh, their drive, they're moving the ball, and they go for a fourth down and short, but the game's only turnover happened right before the half. Schuster on fourth and two. Working from the shotgun. Fields a snap. He's going to throw. Looks downfield. Flush to his right. He's going to look back over the middle. He is hit. He throws late. Intercepted by the Hornets. And scooting down the sideline, which big Hornet caught that? Ben Ahio with the interception and the game's first turnover with 37 seconds left. <laughs> wow. He ran out of bounds at the 35. Number one, I have no idea why they threw the football. They've been running the ball up the middle. They've never had a play where they didn't get two or three yards, usually like seven or eight running up the middle. The quarterback keeps the ball up. Tremendous pressure, I think. Was Jeremy Harrison there? Yes. There were two Hornet defenders that got a lot of pressure on him. He's not a running quarterback. He was hemmed in, and then he just threw a bad pass. Third quarter, not a good quarter for the Hornets. The first half offense was brilliant. Second half offense struggled at least in two possessions in the third. Meanwhile, North Dakota scored and scored again. It's now 28-28. In the fourth quarter, and North Dakota has possession for their first time to take the potential lead in the game, something they hadn't done yet. They've been down 14 twice, and here's a critical stop from the defense as Hornets uh, get Armand Bailey in pursuit of Tommy Schuster. 
Play action. Schuster rolling to his right. Has pressure. Bailey wraps him up and drops him all the way back at the 35-yard line. That is not what Schuster wanted to see. The two arms of Bailey who drops him for the game's first sack for the Hornets. And a huge negative play. See, that's minus 15 yards. Yeah, you're not going to get away from Bailey usually. He tried to spin away from him, and Bailey threw him down. Very next play for the Hornets. They go back-to-back sacks for the Hornets. On second and forever, Schuster looking at four down linemen for the Hornets. They just bring three. Schuster, pressure again, tries to get out. He's hit by one, and a second Hornet there is to drop him. Stanley and Lynch. Stanley and Lynch. Wow, that was great coverage, too, downfield. They only brought three players, and they still got a sack. So now it's going to be third and... Yeah. 30? All right, so the Hornets now get the ball. Now they're trying to take the lead in the fourth quarter. We're tied at 28 still here in this situation. Then a nice long play for the Hornets, a little drag route for Anderson Grover. And we saw the game's first penalty happen. In fact, two on the play, both on North Dakota. Hornets need a full 11 on third and long. Three-step drop. Underneath, drag route. It's Grover's got to get a field. Good blocking. The 40. He's to the 30. Stays on his feet. Scoots sideline inside the red zone. First penalty marker. And he got face masks or hit in the head along the sideline. Two flags came out immediately. That's another part of the greatness of this game by the Hornets. No turnovers, no penalties. They were just so strong, and they're trying to convert this drive, take the lead. They would. Fulcher puts the Hornets up seven. Now the Hornets are going to bring in a jumbo formation. This will be the wing T look. Yep. Koontz has already rushed for two touchdowns. But it's at the four-yard line, so it's going to be tough to Oh, wow. Full house backfield. There. They got three straight across at about the eight-yard line. They're going to run Fulcher. Fulcher goes low. Fulcher near the goal line. Can they push him in? He's in! Touchdown, Sacramento State. All right, 35-28. You know this lead isn't safe. North Dakota would go downfield, score, make it 35-35. Back in the hands of the Hornet offense. Time and score becoming an issue. Well, Caden Bennett totally under control. Here's Bennett with another clutch scramble. They're going to run full trip. No, Bennett's going to keep it. Bennett's got to get the edge, and he gets the edge. High steps to the 10. He's to the 5. Near the goal line goes out of bounds. First and goal, Hornets at the 3. He just has that great speed. Almost any quarterback in the country would have been tackled in the backfield, but he kept his feet light and got out of a tackle that I thought the defender had the angle on. But mm. look at the high stepping. He beautiful. lifted his feet beautifully. All right, now they got to convert, got to score. Field goal would work. Touchdown would be better. Caden Bennett made sure they got in the end zone. We'll see if the Hornets run a play. They ran against Montana State. Danny Scudero, the fastest Hornet, is a receiver on the right. If he goes in jet sweep motion to the wide side of the field, this could be the play. He does go in motion. They're not looking that way. Bennett to keep it. Bennett looking for the right angle, trying to sprint forward. He jumps. Now he's going to get help, and he gets into the end zone. Touchdown, Sacramento State. How did he find his way in there? Marshall Martin grabbed him and dragged him in with him. Number one, it looked like the left end of the field was the way to go. The right end looked like it was cut off, and Bennett stopped on a dime <laughs> and went back the other way and then went back the other way. He is nifty. He is an athlete. He is amazing. Hornets regain the lead at 41-35. He got help from Maleni. He got help from Martin. Under five minutes to go. 4.54 left. 42-35 at this point. And now you're in a situation where North Dakota needs to tie, right? Or get a touchdown and a two-point conversion for the win. But the Hornets, they do it again. Back-to-back sacks for Sacramento State. 
Second down and five. Hornets will hang on to those timeouts at the moment. North Dakota has all three. Play clock's at 13. Long motion here, far side to near side. Schuster, pressure up the middle. He's slippery again. Dodges one and can't get away. The second time the Hornets get him. That's a third sack. Who's in there? Mather, Hardeman, Stanley. And now that's a loss of four. It's third down and eight. Well, this pressure has been increasing, which is great because sometimes the Hornets late in games haven't got as much pressure. Mather forced him out of the pocket and ended up coming back to him after going down. So good effort by Mather twice on that play. North Dakota on third down, 7 of 12. Hornets have been an amazing 7 of 9 on third down. This is third and almost 9 yards now. Here's where you've got to watch Belquist. He goes in motion. He's their number one target. Pollard's over there with him, giving him a little cushion. Hornets will bring four. Here's a blitz from Pollard. Pollard's got him wrapped up, and he dropped him back at the 24-yard line. So he was the one on coverage for Belquist, but he blitzed, and Schuster didn't see it, and they're going to punt. Super incredibly intelligent play by Pollard because when he was blitzing full speed, he slowed down before he got to the quarterback. How many millions of times watching football have you seen a quarterback either step up, duck, or or? do a spin to get out of that he literally slowed down about 80 percent and then just sure-handed tackle Bubba Schweigert of North Dakota elects to punt he's looking at timeouts and now the Hornets really can ice the game if they can get a couple of first downs well they would do just that and so with a third down and two can the Hornets convert here and then expire the time how are your nerves Two yards and my nerves are good. <laughs> I'll ask that question in a few moments. How are yours, Mr. I think Mr. your answer Stoic. was perfect. How are, how are Danny's nerves down there? He's having conversations he with is. the people. Well, this is a critical a play. Here we people. go. Third down and two for a great chance to advance. Fulcher is back in. Hornets need two yards. What play do they call? Coleman Kuntz is in the backfield. Caden Bennett take this under center this time. North Dakota, one, two, three, four, five guys at the line of scrimmage. Linebackers tight. It's third and two. Tau Tolliver goes in motion, stops. It's a give to Fulcher. Fulcher runs off the right side, spins, falls forward, and that's going to be enough for a Hornet first down. So still 42-35. Here's the final call of the Hornets' first ever FCS road playoff win. Caden Bennett will take one more knee, and that is it. Sacramento State won't have to run another play. Both teams will come out to the center of the field. The first game of the postseason and the first team to advance, the Sacramento State Hornets get it done, and they're coming back to the Dakotas next week to take on <laughs> South Dakota. After the game, Danny Sullivan, our silent reporter, with one of the heroes, Caden Bennett. Great effort by your team today. Yeah, yeah. Nah, uh, shout-out to them boys, man. They came out. Uh, we did what we had to do. Uh, everybody stepped up there. You know, there's injuries, so many things uh, that hit us with adversity, but pulled through and made stuff happen. Your defense, yeah, as you as you mentioned, f five starters out, but the next man up yeah. mentality. Those guys played great today and held off. Yeah, nah, for sure. We uh, we knew we had to play complimentary football. When the when the defense needs us, we we step up. When when the when we need them, they step up. So we did a hell of a job today and did that. Congratulations on the victory on the South Dakota next week. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. We just have to cover it. Let's go. Thanks.
And following that, we got a quick thought. Danny with the head coach, Andy Thompson. Coach, just talk about your team's victory today. I think they're a resilient group. Unbelievable offensive performance. Great stop by our defense. Two really good jobs of, on our special teams of, of, of um, not letting their kickoff return unit get it out there. So I thought it was an all overall team win, but unbelievable performance by Caden Bennett. These guys played great. Congratulations on the victory on the South Dakota, South Dakota next week, Coach. I will be there. We're looking forward to it. Congratulations. All around impressive performance. The Hornets survive in advance. They win 42-35. The reward? Another road trip to the Dakotas. They'll take on the three-seed, South Dakota, the Coyotes, this Saturday as another tough matchup, first-ever matchup between the two. North Dakota lost to South Dakota 14-10 to earlier this year. That's the only common opponent. But let's get a little bit more. Let's learn more about Saturday's opponent, the three-seed South Dakota Coyotes, as we check in with their voice, John Thayer. First of all, welcome to the playoffs. How good is it to have a bye and uh, watch to see who your opponent's going to be? Yeah, you know, it was nice uh, nice for us. Uh, obviously, the first time that we've been a top eight seed uh, here, third trip to the FCS playoffs, and, and uh, you know, second time we'll get a, an opportunity at a home game. So we're really excited about it, and it was really good. Obviously, anytime you can get a week off and get some guys healed up, that's important, and, uh, and that, that's, uh, that's a big step for this program. I got to ask you about Selection Sunday. It was obviously a different perspective. Hornets were biting their nails to see if they're going to get in. You guys know you're in. Likely you find out you're going to be a seed and you guys get there. But when you see the bracket, when you see it laid out, you're thinking, I know I would have been like, oh, man, we're we getting North Dakota again. Oh, man, potentially North Dakota State again. Is that kind of how you looked at it once you, you found out you guys were in? I mean, it's kind of the same with the the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley Football Conference, right? Two of the great conferences in the FCS, and you get enough teams into the playoffs, eventually you're going to have to run into each other, especially the way that they regionalize the bracket. So you kind of thought maybe that was going to happen. I had, uh, in my head, built this idea that we were going to uh, draw the winner of North Dakota and Sacramento State, and that's the way that it worked out. And it's no surprise to see North Dakota State also there because that's a potential uh, bus trip should they keep going and South Dakota continue to to uh, go through the playoffs. And then, they, you know, to have uh, the, the Montana schools both uh, on your side of the bracket and all of that, it felt like that quadrant was very, very loaded and really that whole side of the bracket. Uh, it's who, whoever uh, makes it through this side of the bracket, I can tell you, will have earned it. So uh, looking back on some of the notes in your season, obviously a spectacular year at 9-2. and two. Those that, you know, kind of decide and where they picked you guys to finish – compared to how it ended how did so many people have it so wrong what did you guys do so well this year to earn that nine and two mark well you know uh, the thing about preseason polls is uh, everything is based off of last year and what everybody saw was this was a team that won three games last season and really struggled you know parted ways with an offensive coordinator after game two of the season and and uh, kind of just floated through the rest of the year and then got drilled in the final game of the regular season at home against Northern Iowa. And there were a lot of concerns with uh, where things were, but uh, the administration, they backed Bob Nielsen, the head football coach, and he made some changes in the, the coaching staff, brought in a new offensive coordinator, and they really got these guys to buy in. It's a lot of the same guys. Obviously, there's always going to be new players into your program each and every year, but they really got these guys to buy in over the summer. A lot of these guys spent a lot of time uh, in Vermilion and, and working out together, and 
and you could just see it paying off. So it's been a it's been a great change. Obviously, a disappointing year last year after the playoffs the year before, and only to win three games last season. I don't know if anybody really knew what to expect. And certainly, if you watch this team, you knew that they had the talent to compete in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. But uh, they really, you know, got the attention of some people when they went to Fargo and beat North Dakota State and and uh, then got a couple of other big wins along the way. And so it was uh, obviously it's been a good season, uh, had a, a bit of a favorable uh, Valley schedule, if you look at it that way. But uh, nonetheless, they've won the games that, that's been in front of them. Their two losses are a very good FBS team in Missouri and, and obviously the top team of the country in South Dakota State. So a lot of things have gone into it, but it's been a heck of a turnaround this year. I know when Sacramento State kind of had their breakthrough season a couple years ago, there was something about them beating Montana. Uh, Maybe it was Montana State, too, or whoever, but just some powers of the conference. You referenced that, John, that win in September, late September. At that time, North Dakota State was number two. Um, Just your body language, seeing people, seeing the players, seeing the people around the team, what did that win do to kind of propel the rest of the year? Yeah, and you know, it wasn't just the result. It wasn't just getting a win in Fargo. It was that you had explosive plays in the first half. It was a dominating performance by South Dakota in the first half. And then everybody looks at it. Well, they hung on for the uh, victory in the end. And really what they forced North Dakota State to do was was use a lot of the clock, you know, especially in today's world of where the clock runs. And they uh, allowed a lot of underneath stuff. They allowed that clock to keep running and, and did what they had to do. And then when the offense needed to, in the second half, they sustained a long drive that resulted in three points that ultimately uh, made it very difficult for North Dakota State. You know, that was a game which South Dakota had just, uh, what was it, two offensive possessions, I think, in the entire second half. The first was, a, I think, a three and out, and then the second one was like a nine-play drive or the seven minutes, whatever it was, that resulted in points. And so it, it's just a way that you get that win. Nobody, not too many teams go into Fargo, North Dakota, and push around North Dakota State the way that South Dakota did in that game. And you could just see the the, bo- the body language, the confidence continue to grow and build throughout the course of that game. That was a, a huge win uh, for the mindset of this team. But you also backed it up with more. I mean, four ranked wins going into the postseason. It has to have this team confident. They've been good at home. And when I've watched a couple of the games so far getting prepared for this week, I, I see a defense that's everywhere john what what about the defense for the coyotes should the hornets be worried about yeah i think the defense the great thing about this defense is they've had a lot of guys step up you know this uh, team has gone through a, a bulk of the year with a injured defensive line they've had to have guys either step up or play extra we're having some of these guys play a lot of snaps on that defensive line but what's great is the linebackers have been really really good and, and they're deep uh they can rotate a lot of guys in the linebacker spot so when you look in the secondary we got what we believe is is uh, one of the best if not the best cornerback in the entire country and miles harden and opposite him shaheed barrels has really taken a step forward the last year and a half and that's been huge and then when you anchor that with some veteran quality safeties like dennis shorter and josiah Gaines, guys who really can flow to the football they're, they're in on a lot of tackles and that's not always because the the play's getting downfield. It's because they're recognizing thing from, things from their secondary spot. 
and getting up into that uh, that front level and, and making a play. And so I think it's a defense that has communicated very, very well. They, they buy into the game plan, and uh, they've been able to make adjustments. You know, it's not a defense that has gotten burned on the opening drive by the opponent this season. You know, a couple of field goals they've given up, but they, they've been really good and locked in, and they've given up explosive plays this year, right? That's what allowed Youngstown State to get back into the game. But it also uh, stood up when it had to at Southern Illinois and was an ugly game, and they got a fourth and goal stop from the two-yard line to preserve a road win against a ranked team at Southern Illinois. So uh, they, they've won in many different ways, but it's certainly a defense that uh, plays, for the most part, very, very smart. Uh, they're, they're a disciplined group, and that's what's allowed them to be one of the best defenses in the country. Want to ask you about your offense? Obviously, it's a it looks like it's a balanced attack, but you guys can run it a little bit with Travis Tice. Multiple running backs have had successful days. Uh, receiver Carter Bell seems to be and, and tight end JJ Galbraith the primary targets for Aiden Bauman. But what would you say overall, John, about the the offense of South Dakota? Yeah, I think it's an offense that is willing to do whatever it takes to win. If that means run the ball a bunch of times in the game, then they're going to keep pounding it. Uh, if it means throw the ball a bunch of times, then they'll find ways to to make that work. But J.J. Galbraith, the tight end, has kind of been the safety blanket for Aiden Bauman this year. And Carter Bell, as you mentioned, has had a great season. Jack Martin's got off to a great start to the year. He dealt with some injuries. But South Dakota's rotated a lot of running backs in, into the game. They've been able to have Travis Tice. He's been the old reliable back. And Nate Thomas is having a good year before he missed some games with injury. And we've seen uh, the emergence of Charles Pierre Jr. really uh, uh, make things happen. And then, uh, you know, speedster like Keandre Jones, they like to work out on, and split out in kind of a jet sweep type of motion. Um, that certainly helped the offense. So they're willing to do whatever it takes. And it hasn't always looked pretty on uh, the way the offense is getting down the field. But uh, I'll tell you what, with a defense that uh, has played the way it has, this offense has, has been given opportunities to settle in. They were down 10 to nothing against North Dakota in that first half, and then the offense found a way to get points in the second half, and that was enough to win the game. So I think everybody's bought into to doing that, and, and the offensive line certainly has been a big part of it. They uh, had struggled a little bit the last couple of years, but this is a veteran offensive line, um, and they still have some young guys in there, but it's a it's a group that has worked really well together, and, and uh, they're a big part of the reason this offense has had some success. You mentioned North Dakota. That's the only common opponent Hornet fans would know about. Hornets just beat them, but that game could have gone either way. You mentioned uh, South Dakota having to come back from 10 nothing to beat them. So similar, uh, you know, close games between both teams. I don't know what to take away from the from the common opponent there, but what did you feel like your game was like with with North Dakota? Well, it was interesting because we gave up the opening kickoff for a touchdown, 99 yards by Red Wilson, and, uh, you know, he almost got one against the Hornets, I think, and might have been the second half of that game, but uh, he got one against us to start the game, and, and after that, they didn't score a touchdown the rest of the, uh, the rest of the game. And I thought that was a credit to the defense uh, and the way they played. The offense really struggled to move the football, but they knew that they were going against a, a North Dakota defense that was going to try to stuff the run. And, um, you know, South Dakota had opportunities. They had a big pass play that uh, fumbled at the half-yard line, rolled into the end zone, recovered by North Dakota, and that killed some momentum. It was a weird game in which you're down 10 to nothing, but it didn't feel like you were down two scores, even though the scoreboard showed it. So it felt like there were a lot of good things that happened, but South Dakota couldn't get out of its own way in the uh, first half and they figured out some of that stuff in the second half so I thought that was uh, you know huge for them and and again sometimes you just got to find ways to win in this game
All right, last couple things for you. How about the health this week? Having a bye has got to be beneficial too. Uh, you guys uh, relatively healthy for this week? Yeah, I think I think uh, that uh, bye was important. You know, we uh, a couple of weeks ago in the final game of the regular season had a couple of guys who've played a lot of snaps this year that did not play uh, in that game against Western Illinois, and the hope was that they would get ready for the playoffs with with uh, essentially a couple of weeks off being rested in that game and then uh, getting ready for this one. So I, I think relatively uh, overall, this uh, this team's pretty healthy and. Uh, you know, at some point, uh, as you know, from grinding through these seasons, you just got to, at, at this point, if, if you can go, you give it what you have, and, and uh, it's all that matters now, the FCS playoffs. All right, last one I got to ask you about. I mean, uh, of all the things you've done, it's always great to be in the playoffs, and for you guys, I know you're hoping this goes a long, long way, but where did it rank a few years ago, former Coyote, now current Hornet, Carson Camp, the Hail Mary, the victory at the end there over South Dakota State, that had to be one of those all-time moments. It unquestionably will be one of the one of the passes forever remembered uh, in this building. You know, some people had already left. It was a weird set of uh, circumstances that even allowed South Dakota to have that opportunity. They were maxed out at about how far they were going to let Carson throw into the end zone. And, you know, give Carson Camp a lot of credit. He eluded a sack initially. I thought it was dead to rights. He eluded a sack throws that thing down, it gets tipped around into the end zone and caught by Jeremiah Webb and will forever be one of the great moments uh, in this building. And certainly Carson uh, did a lot of great things while he was here and unfortunately suffered you know, an injury a couple of years ago. And I think that really kind of set things back for him a little bit. But uh, he, he started as a true freshman, uh, did a lot of good things and had a lot of people excited about uh, he, what he was going to uh, be able to do at South Dakota. And, and uh, we, sh- we certainly enjoyed having him here. Well, we're looking forward to this weekend. First matchup between these teams. Um, it's round two. First round for you guys. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday, John. Yeah, can't wait to see you Saturday. Should be a great atmosphere and a fun uh, fun playoff matchup. My thanks to John Thayer. My thanks to all of you. Enjoy the game this Saturday. Hornets and South Dakota. We'll see if the Hornets can get to the quarterfinals if they're able to win. Uh, It's been a strong season. Glad they got into the playoffs. Glad they won a playoff game. Now they're trying to win another road playoff game. We'll see if they're able to do that. We'll wrap up the podcast with a kind of the tease. What we'll play the last thing right before the radio broadcast starts on Saturday. Hopefully something to get you fired up for the game as it's the Hornets and South Dakota on Saturday. Until then, thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast.